say, you know, the, the environment's messed up. How many, how many vegans we got up in this place? If only Melody was here, I'd be like, boom, right? You would side with her? You're, you're, a, you're a partial vegan? A vegan on the weekends? Okay. So, but we know the environment's messed up. Animals are going extinct. Anybody ever seen uh, the North Pole? It's, it's, it's really, be- like, it's just water now. It's like polar bears don't have any ice. Uh, how many people have ever heard of deforest, uh, deforestation? Deforestation? Yes, deforestation. When they tear down the forest and they basically just make buildings and all that. Basically, the the the, the world is kind of looking messed up. And then how how about politics? How many of y'all like Donald Trump? We shouldn't hate him. We should pray for him. But that's that's a, that's not what I was asking. I said like like do you prefer him? So. None of you guys prefer Donald Trump, but listen, how many of y'all know every politician is pretty much messed up? Almost every politician. I won't generalize it, but I mean, listen, it's like, imagine Libney becomes a politician. They're going to be like, hey, listen, you clearly can't be that Christian. You can pretend you're Christian, but you know, when it comes to actually being Christian, you got to put the Christian card away for this right now. So, you know, when it comes to aborting babies, that's okay, right? That's okay according to politics. When it comes to starting wars, right, that's okay according to politics. When it comes to gay marriage, that's okay because of politics, right? So all these things are okay with politics. Then there's, you know, there's oppression. There's all these types of things. Racism, right? Racism instituted into countries and neighborhoods. Genocide. Uh, And then people, man, people are messed up because guess what? People are like, man, the government's the problem. This is the problem. But who's in the government? Who's in your family? Who's in all these places? People. So people themselves are messed up. Everywhere we look in this world, there's something messed up. So what do we do as people to fix it? We hear some uh, opinions right now. Pray, preach. Do nothing. I mean, a lot of y'all already doing that. Okay, so... Okay, well, guess what? There's a lot of solutions out there. So there's, this, there's, there's people, right, that they develop technology to create better things, you know, education to, to help people create technology in hopes that one day we'll live in this thing called a utopia, which is a perfect world. Okay, anybody ever read, uh, you know, 1984, Brave New World? Any joy? Lily, you already know. Leaders are readers. I mean, readers are leaders. Boom. All right, so here's the thing, right? In these books, people try to fix everything that's going on, right? So you know what they do? They basically take freedoms away from people, make everyone fall in line with what they're doing, but they've missed one important thing. They themselves are messed up. So the people trying to fix the problem are fi- aren't, need to be fixed as well. So guess what we end up with? More brokenness, more things that aren't fixed, more things that are messed up. Uh, you know, guess what? Hitler tried to fix Germany. We already know how that happened, right? Uh, I want you to think about this. Albert Einstein himself. Everybody know who that guy is? I know that's a long time ago. He, this is a quote. I mean, it's a basic quote, but I can just imagine him. Did, how many people know he designed the atom bomb? Everybody heard of the atom bomb? Okay, so this right here is was used to destroy almost all of uh, Nagasaki, a place in Japan, and Hiroshima. This, imagine, imagine, right, you're walking home, and you see a giant just bomb flying over you, right? And all of a sudden, it lands maybe three, six miles away from you, and then all of a sudden, you just see a big gust of wind. 
a big gust of wind, and you're, you're toasted, right? Like literally, people were toasted, like a Subway sandwich toasted. And this guy is one of the greatest minds of all time. And you guys are laughing, but literal people were died, and then they suffered for, uh, for years, decades, because of it. And this is one of the greatest minds that designed a bomb to destroy people. And he said himself, the world is a very dangerous place. He's one of the greatest minds, and he still added to the destructions, added to the, the messed up aspect of the world. And this is the, this is the problem, is that we had that. We had a solution. We had a perfect world. If we go to Genesis 1, verse 1, literally, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, it was perfect. That means all y'all didn't have attitudes like that. Guess what? Eve didn't have an attitude at first. She maybe developed one later, right? But, and then Adam wasn't, he wasn't an abuser. He wasn't angry all the time. They, literally, they were perfect. And then you know what the animals? The animals weren't going to stink. They were living in paradise. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was perfection. Literally, you couldn't get any better than that. God dwelled with them. He walked with them. The water was good. The skies were good. Everything was good. There was no pollution, right? How many of y'all hate pollution? There was none of that. Clear waters, clear skies clear hearts. But we messed up. We decided to, hey, listen, we're going to sin. We're going to disobey God. And we all know that. And, and we listen to the devil. Now, all of a sudden, sin enters the world. Things are dying. Things are dying. This is literally the, the, just the purpose of this earth right now is to die. I don't know if you guys heard this, but literally everyone and their mamas think, well, not everybody in their mamas, but listen, people think the earth is going to end in 12 years. Some people are saying that, right? And this is what I'm trying to tell you is that people are going to tell you, man, this is, the world's going to die. It's dying. Let's fix it. Let's do this. Listen, there's nothing you can do about this because God himself is going to destroy this earth. This earth is going to pass away. If we can go to Revelations 21, 14, you need to understand that God is going to make a new world, right? A new world. He is going to make a new world better than it was in the beginning, and here's the thing, right? The old one, heaven and earth, will pass away. If you can go to Revelations uh, 21, 1 through 4. Actually, before you go there, let's go to Revelation 21, verse 5. This is the, the sermon message, uh, uh, the sermon passage for today. That's not the verse. So 20, Revelation 21, verse 5. 21, verse 5. So in Revelation 21, verse 5, if y'all can turn there, if you don't got Bibles, it's, it's okay. That's right up there. Well, soon it will be. It says in Revelation 21, verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So he who's seated on the throne, that is Jesus. Jesus is seated on the throne, and he's saying, I am making everything new. Everybody, everything new on the count of three. One, two, three. So let, let's read along. He who was seated on the throne said, I was, I, I am, not I was, I am. Kind of tricked you guys a little bit. Let's do it one more time. I want to make sure you guys are paying attention. Hello, new, new people that just walked in here. It's good to see all your faces. But on the count of three, right? He who was seated on the throne said, I am, one, two, three. Right? Not all things, not some things, right? Not maybe he's not saying, listen, dude, I'm just going to fix up, you know, uh, 
like this mountain right here, and everything else is going to stay. No, everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are faithful and true. So, so Jesus is seated on the throne, right? He's an authority over everything, everything in this world. And he's saying, I am making everything new. Now, if we go to Revelation 21, 1 through 4, he then begins to talk. Uh, and then, by the way, Revelation is a book where literally this guy, he's sentenced to an island for exile, basically to die on this island alone, right? And because of preaching the gospel. And then God starts to speak to him. He begins to show him visions of what it's going to be like in the future and what it's like now. And Revelation is a big book. It's a very difficult book for some people to understand. And I encourage you guys to study it. But this is now, he's speaking of future things. It says right here, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Everybody say, a new heaven and a new earth. Well, what's wrong with the old one? What's wrong with the old earth? Well, we'll continue to read. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. They have passed away. They've literally, think about this. Think about, think about what he's seeing. You know what I'm saying? He's got his eyes closed. Or no, he got his eyes open. He's seeing this. Literally, he's in the spirit. He's seeing heaven and earth pass away. Just picture that. And when it means by heaven, it means literally the universe, the galaxy, where God is in everything passing away. All that we know to exist passing away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw in the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Stay right there. So listen, I said politics are messed up, right? Well, God is going to instill a new city, a new Jerusalem where literally he's going to reign. But as we continue to read, right, and it says after that, prepared a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. If you can continue, you see the church is actually compared to as the bride. You see, a lot of people like to throw around the cliche, you know, we're not in a religion, we're in a relationship. How many of y'all ever heard that before? You've heard that, right? Amen. Well, what does this relationship look like? It looks like a bride and his wife. So we as the church collectively are the bride of Christ. That's what the Bible says. So here's the thing. We are, are going to be given a new heaven, a new earth. And what does that look like? And, and he says right here, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, now pay attention now. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. As we continue, if you can, if you can go on a little bit, there will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So if you go back to the last slide, so Revelation 21 uh, is basically talking about how the old has passed away. The old has passed away. Now, if we look, the new city, right, is here. The old city is gone. The new heaven is here. The old heaven is gone. The new earth is here. The old heaven is gone. And there will be no more death, no more sorrow or pain. Why is this important for you guys to know? Because a lot of you guys think you're a Christian just to get to heaven. 
Like, you're literally coming here trying to believe in Jesus just to get to heaven. You're like, hey, listen, as long as I get to heaven, as long as I make it, right? As long I can do whatever I can just to get there, but as long as I make it. So in the meantime, you're sinning as much as possible. You don't really care about what God is saying. You don't really care about what Jesus is doing. Or let's just say, you know, you're just a good Christian, right? You go to church on Sunday, and that's it. So that's all you're doing. But listen, all, all, all the things you invest in, everything that you hope in, every little... Uh, show every cartoon every restaurant everything all of that will pass away all of it all of it not one thing from the old order of things will stay not one thing so everything you hope for right a lot of you guys put your hopes in things you want a new job a new education i'm telling you right now all that stuff will pass away saying any of those things are bad, but I'm telling you, everything will pass away. Even the bodies that we have, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 56, a lot of you think of heaven like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Cupid angels, right? Y'all think when you die, all of a sudden you're going to flow with angels and everything. And you think that when people die, they become angels. Y'all are believing some Catholic nonsense or whatever, dude, I don't even know. But I'm telling you right now, that's not what happens when we die. The Bible speaks of a literal resurrection that we, right, like Jesus, will resurrect. That's what the Bible's teaching us. And it says right here, what Paul was speaking was, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, speaking to Christians, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor, right, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Keep inherit in your mind. It says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep as in die but we will all be changed in a flash and a twinkling of an eye. And then he continues to say, for at the last trumpet, and speaking of when Jesus comes back, trumpets a symbolism, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised and perishable, and we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable. And then lastly, it says, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? Keep it, uh, keep it at the last verse, slide two. So here's the thing. I know it sounded like a lot to you guys. You're like imperishable, perishable. How many of y'all are going to die right now? Like not right now, but like in your mind, you know that one day you're going to die. Right? How many of you know right now you can get sick if you stay outside too long? Right? Some of you guys like Jorge do not believe you can get sick if you stay outside because you're wearing shorts, right? But, but here's the thing. Our bodies are dying. Our bodies, literally, skin is falling out. I mean, cells are dying. Sickness is coming towards us. Everything about us is dying. This is just, you know, real. Like, you can be the swollest dude, lift gyms, but the minute you get a cold, you're about as weak as a child. Like, that's just the truth. So here's the thing. We can perish. We can die. So when we do die, the Bible says that we will be raised and we will be given new bodies. So listen, this is just the truth. This is what the Bible teaches, that we, right, our bodies, everything that we see physical, everything that we see physical, right, that will be made new. 
So a lot of people like to think Christianity is just like, you know, I just meditate and do yoga and like that's the same thing as Christianity. No, Christianity is a, is a belief that God affects what we see. So what we see will be changed. You're going to, like Brian, if you look at Jeremiah, when Jesus comes back, he's not going to look like that anymore. The, the weak, the people that are basically uh, handicapped, lost an arm, lost a leg, they will be restored. Bodies that were in the grave will come up and they will be given new bodies. This is what it literally is talking about in the Bible. It's not talking about us all of a sudden becoming ghosts and going to heaven. No, it's talking about, listen, everything that we have right now becoming new, clothed with immortality. And that, that's another word for never dying. So these bodies right now can die. These bodies right now can die. If Brandon was bold enough to jump in front of a train thinking he can stop it for a girl, he would, he would, he would be sadly mistaken. He would be wrecked. That's just the truth. No matter how much he loves that girl, it's, it's, it's over. Poor Brandon. So here's the thing. We, if we're given a new body, that's a body that cannot die. We know this because Jesus is saying that he's faithful and true. Now with this, right, there's no more death. It's been swallowed up. There's no more sorrow. There's no more pain. See, in this new world, the depression that you went through, the anxiety you went through, the suffering that you went through, all of that is no more. Literally, all the problems of this world that we feel like giving up on God for, it will be no more. All the things that you've been through in your life, I'm talking about people leaving you. I'm talking about people uh, disgusted with you, shaming you, guilting you, everything. All those things, parents abusing you, abandonment, all those things. Guess what? God will wipe away every tear. Every tear. Every bit of sorrow. He will, listen, your heart will feel so warm. And I know you guys know that experience. Everybody has felt great joy before. Everyone has been like, dang, dude, that made me feel some type of way. Everybody's felt that way. But this is infinitely greater than that. This is you making, meeting your maker and him fixing you up. Your, your, your problems that you went through, all the people that suffered alongside you, all the things that you saw going on in this world that broke your heart, all that we wiped away. And the Bible says that we will remember it no longer. They will no longer come to mind. I'm telling you, man, this is what we want. We want a new world. And that is what God is going to give us. But then here's the thing. We, have, we must desire this new world. In order to desire this new world, we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we still in love with this one? Are you still in love with this world? Are you in love with the old order of things? Are you in love with the old creation? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you can go there. And here's the thing. The old has passed away at this point. At this point, the old has passed away. So imagine it's like a sandcastle, right? You build it up. You make it, right? And you're, you're, you're hoping that the wind doesn't blow. You're just hoping. And you got it. It's huge. It's about bigger than, than 10 sandcastles put together. But then a gust of wind comes coming from the shore. And it's, it's, it's coming fast. It's coming strong. And you're trying to hold on to the sandcastle, but it just slips right through your fingers. That's how this earth is going to pass away. And you're going to try to hold on to it, but it's going to pass away. And this is what needs to happen now, as we talked about all before, that if you are in Christ, the old you has to pass away first. So I just wanted to show you that because, listen, the Bible doesn't con contradict each other. It's a consistent message. This is what God has been telling us since the beginning, 
that he wants a perfect world and he wants us to have a part in it. If we can go to Revelation 21, 5 through 6. Now, I told you about the government. Listen, in this world, there's going to be no freedom of speech. That's the truth. Some of you guys love freedom of speech. And we all love it because, listen, everybody gets to say their stupid opinion and it's not proven as wrong. Everybody, every one of you can say your opinion, whether it's wrong, right, stupid, or, or intelligent. It does not matter. You have freedom of speech. Everybody has freedom to protest. Listen, when it comes to new heaven, new earth, you can't protest no one. Everyone has freedom to rebel. You don't have to listen to your parents. You don't have to listen to authority. But when it comes now, the ruler of heaven and earth now establishes his throne, Jesus, you will be under his rule. So it says right here in Revelation 21, 5 through 6, uh, he who is on the throne, I am making everything new. Jesus on the throne. He's seated on the throne. And he says, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He ain't no liar. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You see, before there was a before, there was God. Before there was a before, there was God. He is the beginning. And, the be- and then when there's nothing left, right, there's still God. You see, before you even had a thought and you could challenge God and have a temptation to sin, God existed. He's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning, and then he's the end. He has the last word. You can be as prideful in this world as you want to. You can try to question God as much as you want to. But at the end, right, every answer given to you, deny you, rejected God, the alpha, the omega, he has the last word. So if we continue, please. So he's the alpha, he's the omega, and this is what it's basically saying. To the thirsty, he is our source now. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This is what you have to understand. Jesus is going to rule and he's going to judge. All of us have the picture of Jesus on the cross or Jesus in this, in this, this little manger, right? And we're thinking that's how Jesus is. The gospel is this, that Jesus died, he rose from the grave, he ascended into heaven. He's not in that manger anymore. Jesus is not a baby anymore. He's not in the grave anymore. He's not on the cross anymore. He's seated on the throne right in the right hand of the Father, and he's ready to bring wrath. He's ready to bring wrath. And guess what? He's ready to establish his new world. Because think about this. You're God. You're God, you're seated on the throne, and you see wars, genocide, perversion, lust, you see rebellion. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Listen, you got to understand, you're but an ant compared to God. But he has mercy. He is patient. He, see, he, he, he has patience for you because of his promises. But listen, for those that don't repent, he sees the genocide. He sees the abortion. He sees the perversion, having sex outside of marriage, homosexuality. He sees all that. And listen, we, I cannot judge any of you by my own standard, but God, who is perfect, can. So that's the whole thing is that this judge is seated over all of us. He's ready to bring the new, uh, new heavens and new earth. And listen, he's going to judge us. So if we can go to Revelation 19, uh, 11 through 15. And I want you guys to understand how that looks. I'm not just speaking out of hate. I don't hate any of you. I don't hate any of you. As Christians, you are literally obligated not to hate people. You're actually obligated. You're in debt to others to love them. That's what the Bible says. Whether they be, uh, whether they be uh, terrorists, whether they be rapists, the worst of the worst, we are called to love them. 
So here's the thing. I'm not saying this out of love. This is what the Bible is saying. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. The riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, which, to, which he used to strike down the nations. So this is Jesus. Get this picture. Jesus is coming with his angels, and they're all dressed in white to show purity and holiness, right? But then he's coming with a sword coming out of his mouth. I know that sounds really weird. You're like, a sword coming out of his mouth. That sounds like some Pokemon stuff or whatever. But no, that is talking about the word of God. Literally, he will be destroying people by word. <laughs> That's just crazy. And it says again, uh, if we continue, coming out of his mouth, he says he will rule them with an the iron scepter. He treads the wine press, press of fury of the wrath of God Almighty. So here's the thing. He's coming not to die on the cross again, not to hug all the sinners and be like, hey, listen, we're cool, man. I know you rejected me. I know you didn't believe in me, but we straight. We good. Hey, fam, it's all good. You held it down as a sinner. You got drunk on the weekends, but you went to church the day after. Oh, man, you straight, bro. I mean, you, I mean, sure, man, you didn't preach the gospel and you were ashamed of me. And yeah, yeah, we straight. No, he's not doing that. He's not doing it. He's not saying, oh, well, you didn't, I didn't really feel that good to you. You know, a lot of us, we don't follow Jesus because we don't feel like it. Or we don't, he doesn't make us feel good. This makes us feel better. He's not coming for that. He's coming, literally. Think about wine press. Anybody ever seen people dance on wine or stomp on wine to make, uh, dance on grapes to make wine? They stomp on it? That's what Jesus is going to do to sinners. That's literally what the Bible says. Literally, he is going to stomp. It's going to be a wine press. All of the fury of God Almighty is coming, literally. And listen, it's not like, man, well, there's going to be some people that are, that, there's going to be some good people that don't deserve it. Listen, listen, we all deserve the wrath of God. So listen, I'm not saying, hey, man, you guys, you guys are going to die by Jesus. I'm saying, listen, if we do not repent, this is us, the wrath of God Almighty. We can't even handle the wrath of our mamas. We can't even handle the wrath of our best friends when we tell them we disagree with them. We cannot handle the wrath of a government. How can we handle the wrath of God Almighty? Think about that. Wine press, blood splattered everywhere. This is the wrath of God. But then here's the thing, right? To those who repent, to those by grace who trust in Jesus. Literally, I'm not telling you guys all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to get perfect. I'm, gonna, I'm not saved yet, but I'm going to keep on working, keep on working. Listen, the only way you can escape the wrath of God is by accepting the love of God. The only way. The only way. And it says for those that do accept the love of God, that he will be practically your source of life. It says you can come to him and he'll give you water instead of thirst. So basically, you just go to uh, Revelation 21, 22 to 23. And I'm, I'm going through scripture here, so just bear with me. It says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. The glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. So if we continue... And basically, okay, stop right there, actually. The sun, we have no need for the sun. We have no need for the seas. We have no need for anything but Christ. Christ becomes our everything. In this world, the world's source is Christ. There is now eternal satisfaction. There is now eternal joy. There is now eternal, eternal satisfaction, joy, but then there's an eternal need that is met. 
And I'm trying to help you guys understand this, but a lot of you guys, you're thirsty for certain things. I see many of you guys aren't paying attention on your cell phones. Many of you guys are thirsty for attention, thirsty for all these things, thirsty for relationships, thirsty for anything in life that will satisfy you, that will fill you. But I'm telling you right now, all of that will leave you dry. And in the new world, you don't even need that. Jesus will satisfy you. Jesus will satisfy you physically and also spiritually. God is going to dwell with us. It's a relationship. He dwells with his people. His people dwell with him. And I'm trying to get this idea of heaven being just full of angels out of your mind. No, this is heaven right here. God judging the world and giving the world to us. That is heaven on earth. So here's the thing, right? There's eternal satisfaction and there's joy and it's awesome. And God literally now is everything for us. He's our light. He's what guides us. He's what gives us uh, a nourishment. And listen, this is all great because now we don't have to, what? We don't have to work hard. We're straining. We don't have to go hungry. We don't have to stress and worry. There's nothing to be worked for. God is now giving us everything. But now the, the issue is, right, is are you ready for the reign of Christ? Are you ready for Christ to rule? Are you ready? Because listen, Christ can come at any moment. Any moment. That is literally the truth. You don't know. The Bible says not one man knows. Not on earth, not in heaven, no angels know, only God himself. So he can come at any moment, and it, the, Jesus relates it to this, someone who's trying to fix up his house, right, trying to fix everything up for Jesus to come, right? But then Jesus comes, and he isn't even ready. He isn't ready, and he comes, and he's kicked out. He's kicked out. So continue on with Revelation 21, 7 through 8. If I can have Stephanie up, please. Who is this new world for? That is the truth. So, so if it's not for the person who's not ready, this is who it's for. If we go to Revelation 21, 7 through 8, it says right here, it says, those who are victorious will inherit all this. Those who are victorious. Say, those who are victorious. This isn't, this isn't that show with that girl, Victorious, or whatever her name is. This isn't that. This isn't like you, you're good at sports. This isn't like you're a masculine woman or a masculine man and you like to fight people. This is a spiritual thing. This is what you do on this earth if you are victorious in this earth. And what does that look like? You inherit this. You inherit what? You inherit the new world. So the only way you can have this world is to inherit it. That means... The only way you, be, you can be given something to be inherited, the only way you can inherit something, it's by blood. You have to be related to that person. Like, Jeremiah will not inherit anything I have, unfortunately, because he's not my son. But his son, right, or his, his grandchildren will inherit what he owns. So the only, thing, only way we can inherit this new world is if we're related to God. Not physically, spiritually, if we are children of God. And it's not by working. You don't strive to be a child of God. You don't work to be a child of God. What happens is you accept the grace that was given and you turn away from where you used to live. You turn away from the life that you used to live. And what does that life look like? And it says right here, and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving... The vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice the magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be co-signed to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. 
the second death. That means there's a death worse than the first one. That means in this life, you live 60 to 7 years, and you think that's it. You know, you've escaped whatever turmoil you have. You dealt through it. No, but there's a worse death than this one. There's a worse one. There's the second death, where literally you will burn for eternity. And this is the crazy thing, right? Is that the only way to escape that is simply to trust in God. Simply to trust in Him. You cannot trust in yourself. You cannot trust in your friend. You cannot trust in your household, your church. You have to trust in Christ. And if you trust in Christ, the Bible gives way that you will be victorious. It's like, it, it's like this. You cannot fight by yourself. You can never be victorious on yourself. Christ fights your battles. Instead of trying to fight for yourself, you then surrender to Christ. If I can have everybody stand up, please, and the altar workers come. And here's the thing, right? This is a new world, a new world. We become citizens of this world because we are children only if we are victorious. So this is my question to you. Are you victorious? Are you victorious? Or are you, key, are you, are you still being defeated by sin? Still being defeated by the enemy? Are you still being weighed down by temptation? Do you even trust God? Do you have any confidence in him that he can save you? Because here's the thing, the old life. I'm saying if you are stuck in the old life like we talked about, the old ways, the old you, the old life. If you're in love with this world, this verse is for you. Go to 1 John 2, 7 in closing. It says right here, 1 John 2, 7. And I want, I want, I want, I want, it's 217, my bad, 217. I want everyone to pay attention here. It says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So listen, this world and its desires, what it, it tells you to crave, what it tells you to do, all of that will pass away. That means this world is saying many things. Like you can be selfish, do you, whatever you want, forget God. It's just a, all those things will pass away. When it comes to marriage, marriage is not between a man and a woman. You can have sex with the same gender. You can do all that. All that old stuff will pass away. All of it. Oh, you know what? We can murder babies. That's okay. We can lie. We can steal. We can cheat. It feels good. It feels good. All of the world and its desires pass away. But who lives? Whoever does the will of God lives forever. So are you in the will of God? Are you in the will of God? Because your will and its desires will pass away. All of it. So if you guys could bow your heads and close your eyes. You see, if you are not a child of God, if you are still stuck in the old, if you are still stuck in the old way of living in love with this world, the old life, does not look like Jesus. I want you to come up and receive prayer. We have two altar workers. They will pray for you. Because here's the thing. If you leave this, this building and you're not the same, you're, 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 you are the same. You haven't been changed. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You're still in the old and you die. You will meet God as a judge who's bringing wrath. But instead of that, you can meet God and his love. And his mercy and his grace, all you have to do is accept it. Turn away from your sin. But for some of you that you guys are Christian, 
Here's the thing. Do you want to remain pure for when Jesus comes back? Do you want to prepare the way for when Jesus comes back? Then I'm going to ask you to come up for boldness and to remain pure. So while I'm praying, you guys just continue to pray with me. Come in agreement. But if you need prayer, we have two altar workers Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, for this word, Lord, that you, God, you are coming back. You are bringing a new world. You are bringing a new heaven. There is literally, God, nothing that is going to be outside of your rule, God. There is nothing that is going to be outside of your reign, God. You are going to bring justice. You are going to bring your, 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 your kingdom, God. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you begin to convict the hearts of everyone here, Lord, that we would see your love and kindness, that you would offer a opportunity to be saved, that you would give us grace, you would give us mercy. God, you would not willingly kill us. God, it says in the word that you are patient, you are waiting for us to repent, God. So I pray, Lord, that repentance will be seen in this place, God. I pray that people would leave their old lifestyle and they would come to you, Jesus, and be made new. God, I pray, Lord, that people would trust in you, God, that they would want to escape the wrath that is coming, God. Lord, begin to speak to their hearts, Lord. Begin to bring them understanding. Begin to bring them knowledge of you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just as Stephanie begins to sing, please, please consider the new world. Are you stuck in the world, new world? Do you love the new world? If it was to go away, would you go away with it? Consider it.